uh, anxiety can sweep you out from underneath you yourself and you don't know where you went and why you went there to begin with. So if you're just ever confused in your own body and where you are just gripping onto your chair, putting both feet flat on the ground and just noticing all the colors in the room one at a time, all the green in the room, all the blue in the room, all the red, and you're gripping your chair and your feet are firmly planted into the ground and you're just noticing the world in which you are in at that moment. And again, your whole spirit, your whole being is calmly coming down and out of the spun up place that you might have been. Hello there, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Praxis is the college-age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California, and this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I am your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of College Age Community at Three Crosses Church. We're so glad you're here. Well, in this first season of the Praxis Podcast, we're talking about the intersection of mental health and faith. And I'm joined by an amazing guest today who will be joining me at different points for the duration of this season. You probably heard from her already if you've been listening, and that person is Amanda Galetto. Say hi, Amanda. Hello. She's a licensed therapist, a member of a local church, um, and just someone who's passionate about seeing people experience wholeness and healing in their lives. Um, today's conversation, I think, will be really um, helpful. I've enjoyed just where we've gone already in this series, and I'm really looking forward to it. But before we get to that, um, we have a little segment we like to call Precious Moment, the Praxis Precious Moment. So this is a time where we just take a moment to breathe and just say, you know, what's something that's put a smile on my face recently? So I want to put that question to you, Amanda. What's something that just made you smile, something that's just brought you joy today or just maybe in this season recently for you? Today, I made hot chocolate for my kids after school, and they piled in the mushroom, Ooh. the mushrooms, the marshmallows. <laughs> marshmallows, mushrooms, that's I mean, exciting. what kind of hot chocolate would that be? Anyway, <laughs> piled it high, you know, it's that cocoa mix that doesn't quite mix all that well. And so afterwards, yeah. my kids had marshmallow chocolate crust all over their face. Mm. And so that made me happy. <laughs> and uh, I just felt a lot of joy seeing them dive in to just getting warm in this season and having some hot chocolate after school. So those were the moments today. As, as we're recording this podcast, it's been really cold, and so it's been cozy season for sure. So some hot chocolate and your kids' faces, that's beautiful. I think for me, uh, I think last week I was driving down to uh, Three Crosses, the church, and it had been raining. Um, and as I was coming in, it was kind of close to to dusk. It was like maybe 4.30, 4.15. And... There have been just these big angry rain clouds and just kind of as I was coming up to the church, kind of these the clouds parted, you know, literally. And, you know, you could as the sun was setting, the kind of the clouds broke right where the sunset was and the sun, like the beams of light were just kind of coming through. And and they made this gigantic rainbow that kind of went over Castro Valley. And it was just an incredible scene. And uh, that was 
super amazing. So just seeing that was something that, that brought me joy. Well, uh, as we get into today's conversation, we're talking about anxiety. And uh, before we do that, I want to just read kind of the disclaimer that we have with every episode. And that disclaimer is this, that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, please call 988. Well, here we are. We're talking today about anxiety. And uh, just kind of before this podcast began, I was talking with Amanda and just telling her kind of in my work as the college pastor at Three Crosses, um, often in talking with young people, uh, this topic, uh, this struggle, this difficulty is the one that gets brought up most often when I talk with people about what they're struggling with or what they're dealing with. It's like, man, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety right now. Um, and I know for me as a, a pastor, as someone who's caring for young people, I often feel like I don't have the resource, I don't have the knowledge okay. to um, really walk alongside and love and shepherd to the degree that I could uh, people who might name that as one of their struggles. So I personally am really looking forward to today's conversation. If you're listening today and you would name anxiety as a struggle that you're dealing with, I'm hoping that, and we're hoping that today's conversation is a help to you as well as for those who might be loving and walking alongside people who would name that as one of their difficulties. So Amanda, I'm excited to get into it. Let's do it. So uh, with anxiety, um, I thought we could just start with a definition and I would welcome just education from you, you know, of just kind of our terms, because just like the word anxious just means worried, you know, so I can say, hey, I'm anxious about, you know, the outcome of my test. Right. I'm, I'm worried about things in the world. And then there's like clinical, perhaps we would say anxiety, you know, so could you help us understand the terms? What, what's the difference between just feeling worried and dealing with perhaps anxiety as you might define it as a therapist? Well, I think it's important just to say that we all have anxiety and worry from time to time and that it's just natural and being human. And mm. it's really how we cope with those feelings um, and manage worry and anxiety that we can kind of then put it into two different camps. So okay. um, I think what's a great way to talk about it is, is through example. So I'll just go that direction first. And that is, sure. you know, so in the Bay Area where we are, there is lots of traffic. So Susie does not yes, like traffic and it causes her to worry. So when she sees traffic or she's in traffic, she begins to feel very stressed. And it then prompts her to do something about the traffic. But once the traffic's gone, she moves on. So there's some worry for Susie there. In comparison, anxiety, Susie is fearful of traffic. It causes her to think about traffic when she's not in traffic. And it causes her to um, feel a rapid heartbeat. It causes her to feel a shortness of breath. And it causes her to feel panic that she can't control when she's thinking about traffic or in traffic. And this continues even when she is out of the situation and just, you know, at the grocery store, she's still feeling that sense of anxiety from the traffic an hour, two hours later. So that's kind of an analogy in terms of just something really basic with worry and anxiety. And if there's 
I don't know if you want to say something about that, maybe Max, before we kind of talk a little bit more about clinical terms. Yeah, so it sounds like, based on what you're saying, it's sort of the same stimuli, you know, like for example, traffic, but two people might respond to that in different ways. You know, obviously, as you were saying, that's like, I don't like traffic either. You know, maybe I'm trying to get somewhere and I know traffic's going to be bad and maybe I'm going to be late and the person on the other side is going to be upset at me. And so I'm feeling a lot of things as I'm in traffic. I don't like it, but maybe that dissipates. But it sounded like for for this other person that you were naming, you know, that their response to the same stimuli of traffic looks significantly different. Is that kind of what you were getting at there? Yeah, I think that you are talking about the stress and worry of traffic versus the fear and how it engulfs you physically, which is more of what we would call anxiety. Okay, so that then leads into what you might call a clinical uh, definition of anxiety, yes? Sure, yes, for sure. So worried is, you know, something that you have a realistic concern about, Mm -hmm. but that you can maybe deal with or try to deal with, and it kind of moves forward versus gripping you. Anxiety can take someone and turn them upside down without Mm. their permission. Mm. They don't know necessarily where it comes from. There could be an unknown source of triggering of anxiety or a source of triggering anxiety for it to cause all the physical uh, symptoms that we were kind of talking about with Susie. And it involves a longer period of time and it could be a chunk of days of feeling swirled in the anxiety versus a moment of time or once you've gotten to the destination with our traffic example but that kind of anxiety needs some clinical support and a treatment plan and and then i think you'd have a a bit of a different outcome in managing the anxiety but it would be something that maybe be something that somebody faces for their lifetime versus just situational or difficulty with a worry. Yeah, as I'm thinking about what you're saying, that sounds really overwhelming, you know? <laughs> and just um, yes. just kind of this, I think you were talking about sort of these feelings kind of gripping you, turning you upside down, I think was a picture that you gave. And like, I don't even know where this is coming from. I don't know why I'm feeling yes this way. I don't know why these feelings are being multiplied about this thing. I mean, you even think mentioned like triggers that can be unknown. Like, I don't even know what's making me feel anxious, feeling physical symptoms, mental symptoms. And so maybe there's just the feeling of like fear of like, what is, what is causing this in me? I don't want to be feeling this way, but I find myself kind of with this prolonged struggle with a number of symptoms like that you were naming there. Right. That's that's exactly true. And and people that actually struggle with anxiety may have panic attacks. And we may decide to go into that in a different episode. But it is the feeling of a heart attack without the numbness of an arm. Mm. That's literally the only part that's different between a heart attack and a panic attack is the numbness that usually goes in the left arm of the left arm is is a piece of, of what we identify as as a contributing piece of a heart attack. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> that may be something that's not 
triggered by some physical thing within us necessarily. It might be chemical, perhaps, but not like a clogged artery or something like that. But it can yes. trigger similar symptoms, just kind of the ripple effects of the anxiety that we're talking about. Yeah. And both people will show up to the ER and, and one will have a panic attack and one will have a heart attack mm. and they will have two different types of treatment and both are really important to treat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting and illustrative of the point that we're talking about that when you go to the doctor sometimes, um, which I've, you know, done, I think my wife would like me to go to the doctor more, but, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> talk about, you know, here's what I'm feeling and all of this stuff. And um, they ask, you know, are you experiencing stress in your life? And they usually they have this like chart on the wall that says like, here are the symptoms of stress. And stress can pretty much cause every symptom that you can experience <laughs> physically, you know? And it's like, wow, um, <clears throat> that's crazy that something like complete, like outside of me, you know, could make could affect my physical health and outlook right. on life like so profoundly you know because i just think like oh stress you know a few episodes back we were talking about like a, talking about dental and mental hygiene you know and like oh it's fine i can just live with it or i'll put it off till later you know but there's it comes a time where you just can't live with it anymore it, be, it can become crippling you know and and just something where like for me, like stress of just like, oh, I got all this, I got all these overlapping responsibilities, all these things going on, but like, it's, it's fine. I'm handling it. And sometimes I'll just find, I'll have these moments where my body is just like, nope, <laughs> you know? And, yes. And kind of my wife and I have this joke where like kind of my body kind of knows that I'm stressed before I do, you know, because yes. I start feeling these things physically and I'm uh -huh. like, man, where is this coming from? It's like, maybe it's stress. You know, that's something my, my doctor would say. And it's just, I personally just find that really illuminating as, and I think it speaks to this kind of anxiety discussion as well of just kind of how this thing that we're kind of naming and defining here can impact so many other areas of our lives and well-being. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and some of, there's some definite overlap is also what we're talking about, like the differences between worry, stress, burnout, anxiety, right? There's, there's this continuum, um, and all can result in a physiological response. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe let's just say we're a person, we're listening to this podcast and we're like, man, I, I wonder if that might be me, you know, maybe as we've been having this conversation and we gave this, we gave this disclaimer, this is not a therapy session for any person listening to this podcast, but you might be curious about like, okay, maybe like my tooth is hurting. What, what might this be? Maybe there's a popcorn kernel stuck in there. I just got to take it out. Or maybe there's something deeper. Maybe there's something more like if I'm a person wondering about, you know, what next steps I might take, what, what counsel might we give to that person? So anxiety is when you can't get out of yourself, the swirling of the thoughts just are taking over your life on a pretty consistent basis. They're impairing functioning, right, is kind of part of what we're looking at. And, you know, the first step that someone can take is just by saying, this is a pattern I'm noticing in my life. And I, I meet the criteria of what is the basis, bas basics of anxiety. And, and I need to make an appointment with my doctor, right? So we actually do need to rule out biological issues, um, any kind of uh, medically related dynamic that is unrelated to mental health issues um, 
but are the cause of actually something else like high blood pressure, a thyroid issue. Um, if you're um, noticing a hormonal imbalance due to a medication that you've just started, those kinds of things are going to help you figure out if it actually is related to something else rather than anxiety um, or that medical issue is causing that anxiety. So talk to your dear doctor is the first thing that you can do. And, and so when you're coming alongside someone and as a mentor, a pastor or a friend and just saying, hey, have you been to the doctor lately? And have you talked mm -hmm. to them about what you're feeling and, and would you be open to that? And, and for some people, it, it would be also, I'm happy to go with you to that appointment mm -hmm. um, would be a, a good first step. And then a second step, once a doctor has conclusively come back and you know, you're healthy, there's nothing else that they're worried about is th that it actually is a standing anxiety dynamic within you that you'd like to learn how to manage and, and resolve if possible. Um, and, and you're gonna see a therapist for that, someone like Katie or I, who's gonna help you create a treatment plan and look at how we cope with this and what kind of anxiety do you specifically struggle with? We're gonna help you lay all that out, talk through that um, and get some help. So those are the two things that somebody can do for sure. Yeah. So if we're kind of feeling this anxiety, it's like, hey, where do I go next? We talked about talking with skilled helpers, basically. First, kind of at a biological level of a doctor, like, hey, is there something perhaps physiologically happening or with medication or things that might be causing this? And then kind of a skilled helper in the therapy profession of like, hey, let's help you develop a plan um, for managing these feelings of anxiety, maybe getting to some of those unknown triggers like you were talking about earlier and whatever that skilled helper, you know, that you kind of entered into a relationship with kind of deemed fitting for your circumstances. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for a person who's just, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I worry a lot. I'm a worrier, you know, <laughs> whatever that might be. Maybe that's us. Maybe we're listening. You know, what are some uh, maybe coping strategies that we might turn to if if we're facing worry, you know, and, and like you said, we all experience worry, you know, uh, just kind of maybe not at the level that we were talking about that might lead you to speak with a doctor, speak with a therapist, a skilled helper. But um, I know I can find myself just kind of getting into a worry hole, you know, <laughs> and yeah, um, for sure. just getting stuck and just having these, these ne this negative vision of the future that can just kind of feel like it's landsliding over me, you know, so. Right. What might we offer for people of like, how, what, what can I do maybe in, in the face of that to keep some space, you know, and not just kind of yeah. overcome by those worry feelings? Yeah. Well, it's going to feel very counterintuitive. Um, but what the research says is interact with it, accept mm. it, let it be what it is rather than resist it. Mm. Uh, when you try to put it at bay and pretend it's not there, you know, like many feelings, it just become stored up mm. so we want people to interact with their feelings and accept them as they are and it actually creates permission to feel and and have it give it space rather than asking it to be put away in some closet and never to come out we kind of go okay well let's explore the worry let's talk about the worry and by doing that you are calming your body by letting it be what it is and that in itself is a resource and you're going to be able to emotionally calm yourself down, physiologically calm yourself down, and then cognitively calm yourself down. So 
it hits the thought of the anxious thought that is swirling around like what's going to happen in my future the heart racing is the physiological and then the emotion of the fear which is also the anxiety in that scenario so you're working through all three of those things by just saying hi i see you i feel you worry and anxiety and stress let's talk about it let's be in the space of my body and accepting it noticing how it fills me up mm-hmm. And then I'm allowing myself to calmly work through it instead of persist. Hmm. So that's one um, specific way to be able to work with feelings is not to fight it, not to judge it, just allow it to run its own course. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking as you're saying that, that a lot of times maybe my default posture is just to run away from worry, you know, and just distract myself you know like I'm worried about how this conversation is going to turn I know that's a, a worry for me often you know like being in, in oh, ministry, yeah. a lot of times you just have a lot of conversation we all do you know there's communication conversations we know we should have but we don't want to because we don't know how they're going to turn out you know and so we just maybe people's anxiety is rising as I'm just saying that you know <laughs> Um, and, and so I'm just kind of running away, you know, from the worry of like, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. I'm just going to, uh, distract myself. I'm going to watch some stuff on Netflix, you know, I'm just going to do whatever. And, and just kind of what I was envisioning in my mind while you were saying that was just kind of turning and just kind of allowing it to like catch up with me. Right. You know, a a phrase that we use in, in spiritual direction that I, I love is we talk about being with what is with God, being with what is with God. And I kind of heard that in what you were saying of like being with the reality of your worry, you know, that instead of like running, pushing it off to the side, pretending it's not there, you know, if I ignore it, maybe it'll go away, but it doesn't. Um, Just saying, you know, I am worried. Here's why I'm worried. Here's, Here's the feelings that I'm feeling. And I yeah. know I'm starting to feel a little emotional thinking about it, but just um, I think a lot of times, like when I do that, when I do what you're describing, there's like a there's like a surrender involved in it, you know, that I'm just accepting like I can't control the outcome of this thing. It it might yeah. be hard, you know, um, and it's going to be difficult regardless of whether yeah. I run away or not. And part of that is maybe accepting the reality of a difficult situation and being with my feelings of disorientation, pain, sadness, you know, and um, I know a lot of times I don't want to feel those feelings. I want to ignore them. I want to run because I want to pretend that they're not there or it's not going to happen. And it sounds like you're describing this process in which I can just... I have to experience those things. And that's what I, the second part of that phrase that I love is being with what is with God, you know, because sometimes if I'm just with them in a vacuum, you know, and just me alone with these feelings, it can be crippling, but that's kind of this, this hope, this Christian truth that we have is, as I face the reality of my, my feelings or of a situation, I don't do that in isolation. I might do that with a skilled helper, like a therapist, mentor, friend, um, but I do it in God's presence, you know? And so I don't have to have this fear that's causing me to run away because I know that he's holding me in that, you know, and that can maybe change the way that I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think 
you just described what everyone wants to understand about working with feelings is that there is an opportunity to interact with them because God did make us with them. Yeah. And it's only in our humanness that we don't want to feel all the ones that are hard. It's only in our humanness that we would want to put them in the closet, but that because we can walk in this beautiful space, knowing that God has made all feelings for us to experience him in a deep, profound way, there's a possibility of walking into it without as much resistance, right? Without as much fear. Uh, and that word surrender, right? I'm just, Lord, here's where I'm at. I have no idea what this means, but here is where I am. And then that meeting that you have, you're talking through the feelings rather than battling the anxiety, mm. right? And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be anxious, but the reality of the root feeling is allowed, mm the anxiety is less likely to manifest into the tornado that it can become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking a bit about kind of the spiritual resources that are available, you know, as we think about these, these big topics, big feelings, um, maybe what are some of uh, kind of your go-to truths or maybe scriptures, wisdom from God that you might return to as you walk alongside somebody who's struggling with feelings of worry or anxiety? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some really incredible pieces of truth out there. I'm, I'm going to be a little sassy pants for a second and tell you that, you know, uh, the scripture around do not worry is not on here. <laughs> uh, because unfortunately, there's been some misinterpretation mm. regarding what that actually means, then encouraging feelings to not really be felt. So we're going to come back to that scripture another time. And I'm going to give you scripture that actually um, is can be used in it in it all of its beauty without challenging the closet idea of feelings. Sure, I'm excited to hear. So that. I, Isaiah 41:10 is you know I am your God and I will strengthen and help you. Psalms 46:10 is know that I am God, hmm. which in this context for me means that regardless of where you are, I am so God. Amen. And in that hope, in that knowledge, I am clear, I am free, and and uh, I am grounded in that. Uh, Matthew 28, 20 is I'm, I'm with you always. So regardless if I'm in the pit of anxiety or I'm stressed out driving wherever I am, I, I don't have to be anything different and just knowing that God is with me. I don't have to call upon him even. I can just be a puddle and he is with me and, and for me and is never leaving me. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think knowing that God is, he's with us in the reality of whatever we're feeling, whatever we're facing and the promise of him, uh, his presence to strengthen us and, and help us. Um, there's this you know, this beautiful kind of turn in, in Psalm 23 that I love to reflect on and, and point out is uh, it talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness and uh, for his name's sake. And, and then it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And um, I love that because 
up until that point, David, he's speaking these beautiful truths about God. Now, the Lord is my shepherd, speaking in the third person, right? Um, but then when it gets to the valley, to this dark place, he says, I, I won't fear any evil there because, not because God is with me, but because you are with me. He goes from talking about God to talking to him, the God who's with him in the valley, you know? And um, I think that's this beautiful invitation that's available, open to us uh, for God to become personal, become real. Not, not yet. He's, he's there. He's shepherding us beside quiet waters, you know, there when everything's, you know, well. But um, he becomes personal in this beautiful and real and profound way when we find ourselves just kind of curled up in that dark place. Um, he's there and near to the brokenhearted, and that's something that we can cling to. Uh, you know, something that can be kind of this foundational stone of kind of the, the bedrock that we build our life upon, even as we're feeling just assailed, you know, by many worries and concerns, which there are no end to, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, um, I want to just take with what you're saying and, and mention a couple other things. I think we have a couple minutes. Absolutely. Please do. And, um, what you have um, provided a visual for is an incredible coping technique, mm. is the visual of darkness and God with us. And so I will often ask my patients to imagine Jesus in the flesh with them in that place of darkness in their mind, mm. right? And And Jesus holding their hand, Jesus holding their whole body, where they are collapsed in his physical body, that they are putting their mind and 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 visualizing that, mm. and just breathing deeply. This beautiful space of of God is with me. That scripture that I was just reading, right? But with that visual in mind, so it takes all those coping techniques and and then you know adds something else to it, right? Where you're not just breathing and and quieting your mind, you're also breathing and bringing Jesus in as a visual. And mm. then we're bringing in scripture and then we're bringing in um, prayer and surrender. All of those things are layers and layers of coping that is available to us. And for Christians that I get to work with, it is this incredible space when they keep adding in another place with Jesus mm. where they are picturing him where they are breathing, where they are quiet in their spirit, where they are surrendering. And you're not in a place of anxiety at that moment, mm -hmm. right? You're not in a place of stress or worry. You're just sitting in the in the lap of your papa, of your father God, who is just saying, I got you. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful. So that is a an option for us is in that space and picturing that um the other things just in a, a practical way is is you know the jokes that we all get as therapists is why do people tell me how to breathe slow and i'll just say i know it is so overrated right <laughs> and the, it, the the truth is actual breathing correctly is providing oxygen to your brain which then actually creates your heart rate to go down so as mm. funny as every meme 
And the movie <laughs> clip is about us saying, just breathe. There is actual science to it and teaching yourself to do the big, deep five in and five out for minutes will actually dramatically change your posture mm. um, and reduce your anxiety. And then just the last one is being able to be grounded in your chair. Uh, anxiety can sweep you out from mm. underneath you yourself and you don't know where you went and why you went there to begin with. So if you're just ever confused in your own body and where you are just gripping onto your chair putting both feet flat on the ground and just noticing all the colors in the room one at a time. All the green in the room, all the blue in the room, all the mm. red, and you're gripping your chair and your feet are firmly planted into the ground and you're just noticing the world in which you are in at that moment. And again, your whole spirit your whole being is calmly coming down and out of the spun up place that you might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's returning to this fundamental truth that we are embodied beings. You know, I think sometimes, like I mentioned, you know, not going to the doctor, you know, things like that, that we often maybe neglect just the reality that we are enfleshed, you know, that that was mm -hmm. part of our createdness is we have a body and that that impacts who we are. It's a part of who we are. And I think sometimes I, I forget about that. And so these practices that help us to remember that we're embodied, you know, breathing, feeling grounded, yeah. they can impact us in ways that maybe we, uh, I maybe minimize, but they can have a profound effect on how we're feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of these concepts, right? The integration of body, mind, spirit, right? That I don't know that was in evangelical Christianity, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And so sure. I think we are kind of going, oh, right. We're a whole organism is, <laughs> is a really lovely thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as we're landing the plane here, you know, wanting to talk to about, you know, just equipping us to walk alongside people who might be dealing with these difficulties. Um, that we might be listening to this podcast and like, you know, anxiety isn't a struggle that I have, but I know a lot of people who that is something that they would name as their struggle. So, you know, how can we best, you know, walk sure. alongside and care for, I know obviously each situation, each person is unique, but what might be some ideas or practices or principles that we might be equipped by for walking alongside people who do struggle with anxiety? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, the desire um, to partner with people in pain mm. is this incredible option in community and we all can participate. So just being willing to come alongside people in pain and you, you aren't going to change them. You're not going to be able to fix it and you're probably not going to be able to understand what it's like to live in their skin. But you can support them. Mm. You can believe them. And you can find out if, if there's ways that can help them in a practical way. Like I mentioned, going to a doctor's visit with them and just sitting in the waiting room or doing the driving in the traffic for them. Um, and you could ask questions like, do you want to tell me about it? And giving them the space to invite you into what it's like to be them if they feel that that's something that they would like to do. Just being really respectful of, of 
what it is that they're going through and asking and and if not just being willing to say that you will be praying for them and that you actually do then pray and then you do come back to them and let them know you've been thinking about them and that you are praying for however anxiety and stress and worry um, or any other mental health struggle comes up for them. So you're acknowledging um, and accepting it with them. I hear you. I'm, I understand that anxiety is really hard for you. You'd be doing the same thing for someone who is fighting cancer. And so it's it's very similar loving, supportive language. I, I hear you. I'm really sorry about having to start chemo. How, how are you doing so far? Right? It's yeah. not how are you doing by itself because the answer will be crappy from a <laughs> cancer patient or an anxiety uh, person who struggles with anxiety. It will okay. be crappy from either one of them. So <laughs> what's it like to be you today? Is there anything specific about your anxiety I can be praying for? Can I walk you to your next uh, appointment? Can I um, hear a little bit about how you're dealing this week? What feels safe for you today? What feels comfortable? Yeah. And obviously we know from Romans twelve fifteen, it's just that invitation to mourn when those are mourning and to weep when people are weeping, right? This just joining option that we all have. And it is hard for all of us, even therapists, right, to join only with what they are going through. There are not words on their experience from me. There's not prescriptions from me on what they should be doing to get better. It's just a joining. Mm. And I don't even know as a professional all the ways that they need resource, but I am certainly going to join and, and do my best to help. Mm. But it doesn't even mean that any of us are perfect in the way that we support. Yeah. Well, with that, um, I think that's going to conclude our conversation today about anxiety. We covered a lot of ground. Um, we cried. There was a lot of things <laughs> that we did here. Um, and so as we wrap it up, we just want to repeat our disclaimer that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need assistance, immediately, please call 988. Well, I want to say a huge thank you to our guest today, Amanda, for helping us to engage with this really significant topic. And thanks to you for listening. Uh, we hope that you found today's conversation helpful, and we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.